Hello, San Pedro Podcast, episode 52. You are listening to the Hello San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. All right, everyone, and we're back, um, back in the studio with Joshua Stecker. Thanks so much for being here, Josh. Hello, it's wonderful to be back. How have you been? <sighs> I don't know. Um. <laughs> I know that's exactly how I feel. Well, I feel like there hasn't been much going on. I mean, not much has changed since the last time we talked. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's kind of everybody's been, you know, following the stay-at-home stuff, and that's what we've been doing, just kind of staying at home. I haven't been working from the office. I haven't been, you know, I've just been um, pretty much a homebody. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, like everybody, I mean, it was nice, I guess, in the beginning. Now I'm, I'm going stir-crazy, but, you know, hanging in there. <laughs> Same. I could say the same. Any new um, Netflix shows or podcasts you've been listening to? <laughs> I am listening to the new Oh Hello podcast with John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, the two comedians. Oh, okay. It's great. I highly recommend it. It's funny. It's stupid. It's silly. It's, um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we never talk about anything like that on here. <laughs> I'm always, well, I'm always looking for new podcast recommendations. I love podcasts, obviously. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I listen to the Office Ladies podcast because I'm a huge Office fan. That's something I want to get into. That is a great podcast for those of you who are fans of The Office, the sitcom. Um, it's great. It's with Jenna Fisher who played Pam yep. and Angela Kinsey who played Angela. And they're basically going through episode after episode and doing commentary and having guest talk. And it's, oh, that's so it's cool. It's such a wonderful um good hour of your time where you don't have to think about what's going on. It's funny. You can rewatch the episode they're talking about and find all the bloopers that they mention and stuff. It's great. It's actually a blast to, to get your mind off things. I highly recommend it. Yeah. I think that's what we need is like something to take our mind off of things, something to keep us entertained um, and not, you know, stuck in this. Um, I won't call it a suck fest, but it's kind of <laughs> how it feels sometimes. Well, I am having a different experience because yes. I am in toddler world. So we have watched Onward, which is a new Disney movie that came out on Disney+. Plus. We have watched Onward maybe 17 times <laughs> in just maybe four days. Um, I don't even know if that's possible, but that's that's basically what we've been doing is, is watching it good? Onward. Onward is really good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I heard it's sad. I heard the ending is like... Totally. I heard it gets you. It gets me. But honestly, I don't know if that's just like new mom. Like I'm not even a new mom anymore. I think it's just like once I became a mom, I had no filter. I just cry at everything. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's sad. I think it's like really good. Um, good. So Chris Pratt, who was, I don't know what is who he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, but he was my favorite dude on the off. I mean, um, Parks, Parks and Recreation. Rec, yeah. yeah. Um, so he plays the older brother. I could totally hear his voice. I recognize him right away. And I was like, oh my God, this is my new favorite movie. Um, it's a good movie. I highly recommend it. Um, under Onward, it always suggests Inside Out, which is another movie about emotions. It's a pretty good one. But it Oh, has is that the Pixar movie with all the different... Yes. 
yeah, yeah it's the different emotions. Yeah, so yeah. it has Phyllis from The Office. Right, right. She does sadness. And then it has... Mindy my, Kaling from The Office, too. She's another one. Yep, Mindy Kaling. Yeah. She plays Disgust. And then my favorite, Amy Poehler, is playing Joy. <laughs> Anyways, that's also my kid's favorite movie right now. So totally different worlds. But yeah, doing the same thing. Yeah, it's been... We, have, I, we haven't even... I mean, we could dedicate a whole episode to talking about Tiger King. But yeah, we haven't even mentioned that. <laughs> On we this have, show. We have mentioned it twice. Oh, we have? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I never ridiculous. asked for it, but you mentioned it. <laughs> uh, there's that meme going around on the internet. That, <laughs> I don't even know if I can get into it, but that compared all the South Bay cities to like Tiger King I characters. And it's it. ridiculous. That's hilarious. I'm sure everybody, I'm sure a lot of people listening to it have probably seen it. Um, we digress. We digress. We digress. <laughs> Anywho, um, so yeah. I see your mask has come in. My mask has come or come in. It came in. Yes, finally. Oh, it's. I was looking for it. It's on my ear, hanging off your ear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's great. It. Uh, I bought it off of Amazon like three weeks ago, and it just arrived on Friday. Okay, so what is the thing on the side? It's like a respiratory. It's a filter. Um, okay. It, it came with like these charcoal little um, filter slips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can slip it in uh, so the front, I don't even know exactly why, but so the front, I guess it filters out contaminants or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's 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 nice. It's washable. Mm-hmm. We got it for 25 bucks. I got a pack of three, so people might, uh, I had it for, got some other, for other people too, so it was good. That works. Yeah. Yeah, looks nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You still have your yellow. My bright yellow. Bright yellow mask. It's actually a princess mask, and the backside of it is yellow, but yellow is my color, so I put that one on the outside. So. <laughs> gotcha. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's been basically one of those weeks where it, it's been like a steady pause, I think. I think so. I, you know? Yeah. Um, well... <laughs> I guess that brings us into some coronavirus updates. Um, so I was, I had to like edit our last show to kind of include the jump in cases. Cause when we had put out the original number, I think in the episode we said it was 55 cases. And then mm-hmm. you texted me like before we got the episode out, like the number jumped to 70. Right. And so I put like another intro um, to kind of say like we said 55, but it's actually 70. Right. Right. It's now it's more than that. I know. I was just going to say like, can you give us an update for what is it today? Uh, these are yesterday's numbers. Okay. Because today's numbers have not come out. So we're recording this on uh, April 21st. Mm-hmm. And so today's numbers, or yesterday's numbers, we have 82 cases in San Pedro right now, uh, 49 in Rancho Palos Verdes, 36 in Palos Verdes Estates, um, and, ju- and around the Harbor area, we got 55 in Wilmington, 31 in Harbor City, and 13 around the Bend in Rolling Hills, Rolling Hills Estates. So, you know, all under three digits, uh, although I think by the end of this week, maybe even by tomorrow, you never know. Uh, San Pedro will probably hit 100, Ugh. at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, but I mean, you got to uh, take some of the some of the testing into account because people have been able to get tested more lately and stuff like that. So numbers are just going to keep rising. Right. But fortunately, you know, the pace hasn't been too crazy, and mm-hmm. things have been pretty stable as far as um, our little area goes. We can't say the same for a lot of other places, but. But for sure, down here, it's been fairly stable and controllable, which is good. Yeah. 
think um, it just means we have to continue to follow the rules, continue to stay at home, continue to wear our masks in public and um, just be vigilant. And that's the thing, you know, it, it, what we're doing is, is working. Mm-hmm. The the data shows it, everything, all the benchmarks that we're hitting, um, it shows that by staying at home and you know wearing your mask and not gathering, uh, it's, it's doing its job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kudos to our state for starting early yeah. and jumping on this thing quick. And um, hopefully we can ride this out. And let's hope, you know, May 15th is um, they start relaxing some things. But we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I know. Um, From what I'm hearing and from what I've seen, and I haven't really dug into this, but it seems like there's going to be a lot of measures that will be still in place over the year and maybe even well into 2021. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's probably like reduced uh, gatherings, you know, um, half half the people like at his capacity and who knows, but it'll be for the best. When last, last week when we talked, we, uh, the day before was when Mayor Garcetti had suggested in, in a news report, uh, that got leaked out that, or in a email that got leaked out that he was thinking that there probably won't be any sporting events or live concerts or, you know, live, um, large theater events or large performing events, you know, for the rest of the year. Yikes. And that was just like so heartbreaking to hear. I mean, obviously that that hasn't been said. That's not something that has been ordered yet, but you know, you can kind of see the writing on the wall that yeah. you know, concerts and baseball games and who knows, you know, sporting events. You know, we may have to wait a little bit longer. But we may be able to get to a restaurant quicker soon. So who knows? Hopefully. Who knows? Yeah. Hopefully. In hopefully. the meantime, there's a lot of takeout and delivery, which is amazing. Yeah, there is. You're an introvert, right? Uh yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. And you're kind of like Peg me. over it, right? <laughs> uh, I am over it. Yeah, I am. But, you know, it's not like it's not like I'm over it to the point where, you know, I'm frustrated or anything. It's just like it's just, you know, it's it's hard to adapt right now. And it's hard to find it's hard to find time to to not pay attention to like the news and stuff like that, because that's something that I've been I've been trying to wean myself off of. But it's been very hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're stuck at home, it's like, okay, well, what can I do to not watch TV? And then you, you try to watch something else and it doesn't really grasp your attention. Yep. So you go online and the first thing you see are headlines about what's going on. Totally. You go on social media. The only thing you see right now are people talking about what's going on. Totally. So it's been one of those things where you're just like, I know this is the reality right now and it's really tough to escape it. But at the same time, you have to realize that what we're doing, like I said, it, it, it's working. So, you know, it sucks, but it's working. And honestly, that's really all you need to know. Yeah. You know, I'm a total extrovert. I'm going really crazy. <laughs> um, and I've been I've been fortunate to have my kid with me a lot of the time. And, you know, we're speaking a different language, but we are talking and communicating and having fun. I really miss being able to go out and be with friends and see people in person. But, you know, at the same time, it's been it's been Nice just to know that we're doing the safe thing. Um, I actually picked up drawing again. I went to my oh. dad's house and I asked, for, like, because I gave him all my old sketchbooks because he's actually been more artistic than I have lately. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, can I have one of my sketchbooks back? And I drew, like, our front of the house. And because, you know, we still have a lot of work to do on the new house that we got. 
And I actually sketched out the front and I put some plants in there in my little sketch and I'm just kind of living in Pinterest world right now. (laughs) So that's actually been fun and a really good creative outlet. So I would highly recommend for any of you that are just itching to do something, um, start messing with, you know, art and creativity and music like you suggested last week. That was a really good suggestion. Yeah. um, A lot of my friends have actually started getting into gardening. Yeah. Which is like home gardening. That's something that I've seen um, a lot of lately. A lot of friends have like put up little, little, it's either flower beds or they're planting vegetables or they're doing some sort of like yard work where they're just planting something. I've seen a bunch of people do that. I was at Home Depot um, over the weekends. I needed something. I had to fix a a toilet thing. And uh, I was at Home Depot and it was I mean, Home Depot was packed. I know. I, I mean, there's a lot of people doing a lot of home well, repairs at Home Depot right now. We're missing, you know, I feel like <clears> I'm <throat> missing Target, you know, because it's no longer that like mom escape for me where I can get a coffee and go wander around and just go look at things and go down like the school supply aisle for no reason. I'm not even in school. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's not that anymore. You have to get in and get out, right? And yeah. I, I feel like Home Depot kind of became that place. I haven't been, but I've been seeing posts that a lot of people are going and kind of yeah. just like lollygagging. I saw and it. Trying to have yeah. a, a chill time at Home Depot. And I know that's not really what it's there for. Um, but, yeah, you're right. A lot of people are doing housework. Yeah. Ricardo has mowed the lawn so many times since we <laughs> – <laughs> Well, it's been raining too. Yeah. Um, also yeah. cutting down bushes and stuff. Yeah. A lot of housework. A lot of housework. Yeah. I noticed that a lot around town too. A lot of people outside doing their yards and stuff like that, which is good. I pulled you know? weeds. Like, hey, that's good. They're everywhere right now because of the rains. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, I think this might be a good time to take a break and then after the break we can bring in our guests. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. This episode was brought to you by San Pedro Today, your local community magazine, bringing you stories from San Pedro. Okay, now it's time to bring in our wonderful guest. She has been on the show many times before. I don't even think I have count. Does she have the record for most appearances? She does. Rudy (laughs) Caceres was coming for her. But Amber Shea Ginsburg is getting in the game, too, because That's she's true. been on three times now. It's true. So, all right. Now we're going to bring on Angela Romero. Yes. Uh, dear friend and histo- local historian, columnist in San Pedro today, and uh, just all around cool person. And she's, yeah, want to talk to her about the historical aspect of this and get her opinion on what's been going on. So let me, here we go. Hello. Hello. What's up, Romy? Hey, my friend. It's good to talk to you. <laughs> I know. How are you doing? I'm all right. No, really. How are you doing? Well, I mean, I have some, a little extenuating circumstances. My dog just died. Oh, so. I, know. I know. I'm so I've been sorry. very public about it. I had to tell people because I really loved his vet. So I put it out there and I gave them a shout out because they were awesome. No, I saw that. and That was really cool. I know. We're so sorry. Yeah, it's terrible. That really sucks. Um, I'm sure he was a big comfort during this time of staying home. Yes. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm like over it because, you know, I'm crying inside. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just 
it's like ins- adding insult to injury. It's like you can't have your quarantine pal no more. I know. That's terrible. I know. <laughs> My dad doesn't want to talk to me. He's like, goes in the other room. <laughs> oh my goodness well hang in there i'm really sorry thank you though um have you been getting creative creative um no i've just been you know i'm in school still so this is my last i have one more semester after this so i'm doing studying which i'm very very angry about <laughs> I don't I don't think I would be able to survive school if it was online. I'm a total social learner. Exactly. That's why I didn't join an online school. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel for you. Yeah. So what's been going on? Uh well, you and I you and I have obviously talked for a while, but <laughs> <laughs> but um you uh you I mean really stepped up last month uh when we were working on the april issue of the magazine which like i've mentioned in the in the previous podcast we basically had a uh an issue ready to go and then the virus struck and basically we threw out all the editorial for it and just went straight on into um this virus coverage in the magazine and you were i mean you were a lifesaver because i had no photographs and you took it upon yourself to go around town and start when everything started closing, you started capturing it on, on, on in pictures. I was going to say on film, but that didn't make any sense nowadays. Um, but you started capturing it in photographs and I just, uh, that was, it was amazing to me. And so many people were appreciative of those photos. Can you talk a little bit about what prompted you to do that and why you did it and, and wait, yeah, just tell me about what happened. Yeah, well, it, it's really crazy. It's, you know, it's hard to keep in the forefront of your mind that we're living history constantly. And so when you're experiencing something, even though I'm a historian, I'm just experiencing it like everyone else. And it's not until someone kind of brings up that, oh, this is historic. You know, like, this is a big deal. And, you know, Josh had sent me a post, so I'll share this story because I think it's kind of hilarious, but um, Josh sent me a post about how the break room was, like, refusing to close the phone, and I was just like, ugh, like, like, you know, everyone must follow the rules and, like, do this, and I don't know what it was, but I think it was the fact that I thought about businesses responding and how the town is affected and that people are having different um, reactions to it, like, they're in denial or you know that this is even a thing so it was in that really in the early days um that i was just like oh wait we need to be capturing this and then i was like and that's my job so i better get out there and it actually in in the early days um because my school had shut down where they were trying to figure out how we were gonna proceed that i had some time off and i was like i need to be on the ground like figuring out ways to capture how this is affecting San Pedro because, you know, God loves the Daily Breeze and Donald Little John, but they're spread so thin that they don't have boots on the ground, you know, and it, it falls onto other cultural heritage organizations like the San Pedro Heritage Museum and the Historical Society to really capture how our, you know, small part of the world is being affected by this global event, you know, and so in that, um, 
magazine, I also wrote about how San Pedro was affected by the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. And people were, you know, and, and when I submitted my story, someone was like, Are you, is there a picture? I was like, not of Pedro. Because, you know, we're such a small community and people don't really think that they were important enough or they, there might be photos, you know, but the, the archives were closed. So there was just no way for me to capture that. And, you know, just like I did with Puerto Call being raised, what would I have wanted historians back then to take pictures of, like, Beacon Street being demolished that we don't have? And so my my philosophy is to too much. And so I just went around town trying to find different, like, physical or, like, evidence that I can photograph of how the town's being um, affected because you can't capture emotion or panic or anything. And it's like the physical representation of that, of how those feelings are manifesting through town and how we're being affected by policy changes. That all of these, you know, lawmakers and stuff and policy people are doing on the fly. I mean, they probably have like plans in place and stuff, but, you know, just trying to, and as I'm driving through town, you know, seeing people's pictures on Facebook and Instagram and getting my own photo of that. So it's been really interesting, and I was looking through all of them last night, and I was like, man, this really captures like this moment in time. So it's like really, really important. Ooh, yeah, I remember when you uh, originally shared the photos with me that we could use in the magazine, and it just struck me just how just empty everything looked. It was just photograph after photograph of places that you normally associate with tons of people hanging out and people, you know, uh, being social with each other and all this. And there's just, it was just empty. Were there any photographs that stood out to you um, that kind of maybe captured what you were, what we were all experiencing? So once they finally closed the Korean bell, seeing that, that whole thing, I've never seen it that empty. That freaked me out. It was so creepy. Totally. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Um, where did anybody, uh, did you run into anybody when you were taking your photographs? I mean, I know you went through uh, a couple of the grocery stores and took photographs of like the empty shelves. I mean, we used one of them for the cover. Um, was, I, did you talk to anybody? Like, for example, like I had the experience of going into the grocery store that first weekend when um, everybody made that rush to the grocery store, you know, all the shelves were empty. I went that Sunday and I remember walking past this older lady and she kind of just looked at me and, and said, this is stupid and kind of walked past. And there was like this moment of, oh man, you know, it, it was just like a weird moment to me. And I know you, you go out of the community, you know, a lot of people. Did you ever have any of those types of experiences? Did you experience anything from anybody where you were taking photographs and, Somebody said, why are you doing that? Or what, you know? I did have someone comment on my Instagram telling me that they were really upset that I was posting all these pictures and that it was like bumming them out. And they were like, why are you posting all this stuff? It's so negative. And I was like, well, I was like, I'm sorry it makes you feel that way. And you have every, like, he, he's like, I'm leave. I'm not, I'm going to unfollow you. Um, and he's like, I'm not doing it in a half. I just wanted you to let you know that your pictures are really, really, especially now, like, 
really depressing me. And every time it comes on, it like has this like visceral reaction to it. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, but it's making you feel that way. You know, I, it's not my intention. My intention is to capture history. And I was like, and that's my job and I'm not going to stop doing that. I was like, this is important because no one is documenting San Pedro, you know, and that's the whole reason why I started the museum is it because no one is actively documenting the history happening in San Pedro and we are important enough to document. Um, I wanted to ask, are you writing specifically about it or the future somehow? No, I haven't gotten that far. I think that it's still, I'm like personally not dealing with it very well because I'm, so I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I'm not like getting into like this my personal feelings about it. But I am paying attention to how other historians are trying to engage their communities to do like journaling and stuff like that. Um, I think it's easier to track how things like, especially through um, other news articles, like when things were enacted, like, and then it's harder to recreate as a on photographic evidence. And so I kind of feel like I'm, I'm doing one of the two and I could recreate the other stuff later. You went out recently to, I remember you, you were photographed some more stuff recently. Um, didn't you go out this weekend? And, I did. Yeah, you did photograph some more stuff. Yeah. So um, I haven't seen those. I've seen a few of the photographs, but I haven't seen, I haven't seen a lot of them. But was there anything, uh, what was the difference between what you were photographing a couple weeks ago and what ran in the magazine as to what you were photographing now? Um, so uh, since the magazine photos went out, it's been the total shutdown of like parks and beaches. So Cabrillo Beach being like completely like where the, you know, the arms are up. You're seeing, you know, more people selling masks on the street. You know, there's street vendors. And then to see how it's kind of like a coronavirus cottage industry, you know, so it's um, like there's a store on Pacific Avenue that have these really cool handmade signs and let's say like we sell toilet paper and then you look inside and it's all commercial stuff, you know, like where every roll is like individually wrapped and stuff like that. And then the how different businesses, like I can't even say it's all like dry cleaners. Like even that photo bee in up in twenty fifth and western, they're all selling masks. Yeah, that's the one thing that that it was uh, kind of crazy to watch the the like the guys on the streets who sell the flowers. Now they're selling masks, mm-hmm. you know. And like you said, all of a sudden, um, driving down Pacific and Gaffey, you're seeing um, masks for sale now. Even at, yeah. one of the gas stations, I think, even had a mask for sale sign that I saw. It's like it's that weird. Like it's weird seeing how the economy just tilts to supply and demand. Everybody needs a mask. People are gonna bring that um you know try to get that supply in for it so it's it's, yeah. fasc- it's fascinating to watch you know it's literally that's just you know it's capitalism but um the uh other interesting things like uh seeing all the restaurants you know we've talked about the restaurants and everything but like now they're delivering alcohol and and stuff like oh, that yeah. i mean a, another need well i don't know if it's a want or a need or whatever but that's being filled by you know that a demand that you know because they closed everything down. That's another like area of like creativity and ingenuity with um, the like Bruco and the beer me. Like that one, I was like, I want to beer people. <laughs> you know? so it's, 
I love it that they're, you know, trying to stay, um, they, they're just really trying to um, engage with our customers. And that's great. Yeah, I think I talked about this in the last episode, but I picked up, um, I totally picked up a couple beers for, you know, me and, right. me and Megan so we could do our, you know, our Skype happy hour date, which I want <laughs> her to organize for everybody else so we can have like a big gathering on Zoom. I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe we can even play a drinking game. But yeah, like it's really, I think it's great that they are, you know, allowing that so they can, these, you know, businesses can stay afloat. Right. Um, yeah. Um, Angela, going back to uh, just a couple more things before we finish. Um, you wrote in the last issue um, about San Pedro's reaction to the 1918 pandemic, the influenza pandemic. Um, back then, you, you wrote a little history, you dug up some history about how the town reacted to it back then. Um, do you see any type of parallels at all with what happened back then to what's going on now? Yeah, that's why I started my article with, like, you know, essentially same-ish, different day. You know? <laughs> so, it, like, it's with the whole, like, started, when it started, people were like, oh, this is just like, they called it, you know, La Grip. It was kind of like a cold or a flu kind of thing. And they're like, this is just a new version of La Grip. And it wasn't. It was deadly, and it spread really fast. So, that kind of thing happening, people how different businesses were affected by it. They didn't shut down retail um, stores. And so people were still going in there. And unfortunately, like we heard at the time, probably like four, three or four movie theaters, and they were forced to close. And they thought that that was really unfair. You know, and I, I kind of wrote about that in the story. But I didn't really write about when they opened back up. So they opened back up in like October ish. And by the time by January came around, there were new cases again, but this time they were able to kind of isolate those people. So they didn't bring them back into a quarantine. Um, they, so they quarantined those specific people and they found that like people weren't listening to staying like even the people who are quarantined, they're like, look, someone in your house has flu stay in your house but they had young kids and they were out playing in the, in the yard with the neighborhood kids you know and then so, like, so there were stories about that and they were like complaining about you know, the immigrant families in the historic neighborhoods um, so there was like a you know a little bit of ethnicity disparity as to who was affected more you know like I think I don't know if I even mentioned it that there was like a race issue as to why they didn't want to have like a tent up in Vista del Oro is because the white people didn't want to have to share a tent with Mexicans because in the beginning, like the first person who died in the Harbor area was a man, from, a Mexican man from Wilmington. And so they were like, white people aren't going to want to share their tent even when they're sick with a Mexican person. So let's try and find another option. So they did, they ended up having the isolation hospital at the women's club on Gaffey. But the one thing that I thought was kind of crazy is that they ended up having a um, vaccine or a flu shot. They called it, and the funny thing is they called it a flu shot and people, and it says people don't want to take the flu shot. So it's, it's really kind of crazy to see the um, similarities 
of how just how humans are be, behaving and how they react to this kind of restriction and rules being placed on them. Um, I that brings up a really good point because I don't think we even mentioned it on the podcast yet, but you know, there's a race issue coming up even now in this pandemic. So it's just kind of crazy how it kind of mirrors what happened in the, in the last pandemic um, or when the Spanish flu was going around. Um, We haven't talked about, you know, Asian Americans being discriminated against and, and how this pandemic has had a much uh, bigger impact on people who, uh, you know, of all different types of economic levels, you know, but um, especially on minorities. And yeah. it, it just sheds a light what our real issues are, you know? Yeah, it does. It, it's sad. You know, uh, socioeconomic class structure, you know, it really does uh, pull the veil uh, off of that and shows her for what the system is right now, which is not good. Yeah. So, yeah, another topic for another day. <laughs> um, but... Uh, thank you, Angela, uh, for for dropping by and for giving us your perspective on everything. Um, I'm excited to hear about what you're going to write for the next issue. I know you're going to talk a little bit about um, how the uh, Heritage Museum is uh, going to hopefully adapt into uh, what we're dealing with nowadays with the uh, online and the virtual learning and stuff like that. So do you want to talk about that before we, we end? Is there something you want to yeah, talk about? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So... Um going back to this creativity and ingenuity that people are trying to, you know, think about with this kind of like the restrictions that are placed on us right now. Um, a lot of people are using zoom and like, especially the local, you know, nonprofit organizations like the, um, San Pedro chamber of commerce is doing virtual, you know, they're, they're keeping their Friday breakfast virtual now. And so that's going to be, that's probably really cool. Um, and then for Thursday is going to be, it's like a virtual armchair um, walk around, you know, these different galleries. So, you know, it, I've been wanting to find a really cool way to engage with people and still um, have a conversation about San Pedro history. So we're um, coming up with some really fun, like it's going to be like every Wednesday at 7 PM. We'll, uh, we're going to start with some really cool, um, talks where, you know, cause it's cool. I get to share my screen with you so we can watch, we can still watch like video clips and you don't have, we don't have, all have to be in the same room. We're going to talk about, you know, for the first couple is going to be, um, about filming in San Pedro. Um, I haven't decided on the topics yet because I was doing them last night. They're so awesome. I was like, oh, we changed my pick. I still have to spread them out. But every, I'm committing to every Wednesday at seven o'clock for, the foreseeable future where we're going to have a fun little, we're going to do trivia night. We're going to have round tables. I want, you know, now's the perfect time for you guys to dig into your, your closets and pull out your pictures and really start, you know, we're going to do like a show and tell where I can, you know, give you some historical background. Like let's think a little bit of antiques roadshow, except like, but the part where I'm telling you the history about it, not necessarily appraising your photos. But like, so we're just going to have a lot of fun. Um, it won't always be on Wednesdays, but like we'll have that one Wednesday and everything else will be bonus. So the first one is going to be on uh, May 20th, Wednesday, May 20th at 7 p.m. So that's going to be fun. And that's going to, that's what that first one is going to all be, be all about stuff filmed in San Pedro. And hopefully I'll find the movies that you can stream on your own on one of the platforms 
and really see Bino Pedro, but we see it all the time. That's funny you mentioned that because I just watched Turner and Hooch last night. And there was, <laughs> oh, yeah. There was so much Pedro in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the new um, trailer just dropped for the HBO series that took over downtown last year. Yeah. The Perry Mason series, which uh, Angela uh, put on her Instagram. Um, so, yeah, we'll be seeing that soon, which is pretty cool. I know. Maybe we'll have like a viewing party or something. I don't know. That's actually like a pretty good episode. idea. That's actually a pretty good idea. All right on. Well, um, I think that's it for Angela. So thank you for uh, for allowing us to take over your time today. That was very cool. Thanks for calling me. Thank you. I will probably have you back soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, that was great. That was wonderful. I love Romy. So do I. I'm really excited about what the um, San Pedro Heritage Museum is going to be doing. Yeah, it's going to be cool. We talked about it uh, yesterday a little bit about the idea, and uh, I'm excited. I think it's it's the perfect uh, thing to start off with the film stuff because you know Zoom and all that stuff is all it's all visual, mm-hmm. and um, she has a ton of clips and and stuff. And it's always neat to see Pedro on film. It doesn't get old. Nope, it doesn't. It doesn't get old. I don't know what it is about it, but there's just something about it that you just feel a little sense of pride and you feel a little sense of like, that's my town, man. Even though it's never actually Pedro, they (laughs) never actually use San Pedro as San Pedro unless it's the usual suspects. But, you know, it's just cool to see how this town can morph into basically different characters in and of itself. I I love it. I see it everywhere. I saw a lot on Monk. Um, But actually, the most recently, I got excited about uh, specifically this was because um, well, my stepdaughter hadn't really known about Charlie's Angels and the new one just came out recently uh-huh. and we had bought it. So um, I was like, you don't know about Charlie's Angels? Well, it used to be this old, you know, like 70s show. And I kind of told her and then I was like, but you have to see like the most recent ones with Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu. And actually they do call it Pedro in. in oh, Charlie. do they really? Yeah. You never hear that. She you was like, she was like you have to go to San Pedro Harbor <laughs> and they show like the bridge, you know, the angels are sitting on the ship and they have to, you know. Uh, they have to go seduce some dude in an imaginary strip club on the port. It's really <laughs> weird. Um, but I, I was excited to tell her about that. I was like, you'll see Pedro in there. You're going to see the bridge. It's I, so funny. I got like stupid, stupid nerdy about it, you know? But it, it's cool. It's always cool to see Pedro in it film is. and TV. It never gets old. Every time there's a commercial, every time there's a TV show, or even if it's like just B-roll. I remember years ago on uh, Two and a Half Men, they did a just a just a, a quick B roll shot of like a building, and it was the Harbor View. <laughs> it was the Harbor View building. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, that's that that works. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yeah, gotta love it. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Well, I guess that uh, ends our episode. Yeah. We shall check in next week. Yep. Hopefully with good news. Yeah, hopefully we'll be coming to the end of April. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, has it been like two? Well, March 15th is the day I kind of use because that was the day the, the oh, Safe true. Red Home was, was set. So okay. it's been a month and some change. Yeah. A month and, yeah. Oh, it feels a lot longer. I know it does. Doesn't <laughs> it tell me about it? All right. <sighs> well, I'll see you next time then. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Bye. Adios.